Hey, this is Ben Lola back to the Bible Canada with Dr. John Newfeld, and today we have a very special broadcast with a special group of people. Dr. John's here, of course, and also Kevin and Don Bralovich, and they have a wonderful story of God's redemptive power in marriage. Dr. John, take it from here. Dr. John Newfeld here, and we've got a very special program for today. Uh, ben already in his introduction uh, told us that today we have in the studio Kevin and Don Bralovich, and they have a remarkable story to tell about their marriage. So I want to say, first of all, Kevin, welcome here. Thank you. And Don is welcome as well. Thank you. Yeah, so I know that uh, as we have just briefly gotten to know each other, the two of you have a remarkable story about marriage, but let's take it from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about where you met. Kevin, where did you first see Dawn? The first day I met Dawn, I was uh, delivering bread into a mall, and uh, I was shelving the bread in a little food court uh, sandwich shop, and I turned around, and I saw this beautiful woman dressed up as a cat. It was a Halloween day, and, uh-huh. uh, and, I, and I knew that there was something there. We, our, our eyes connected. Uh, did you connect with him on that time, uh, Dawn? Yeah. You did? Yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was love at first sight, to be honest. It was. Okay. Now, I know that in our conversation that when you finally came to the place where you began to speak about marriage, um, Don, you had already had an encounter with Jesus. Tell a little bit about your own conversion experience. I was 23. I had um, been away from the church for a really long time, and I was God planted me in this awesome work environment with beautiful women who just looked like Jesus to me. And I I didn't know, I didn't realize it was Jesus at the time. I just knew there was something going on in their lives that uh, I was lacking. And so I asked on a miserable day, and I said, what is going on? What's the difference between my life and your life? And this dear friend of mine who happened to be my boss, she looked at me and she just said, Jesus, he's the difference between you and me. And I crumbled in her arms and that was it. That was the start of a new life for me. So you came to know Christ, even though you had been raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, you came to know Christ. Uh, Dawn, tell us, how long before your marriage did you give your life to Christ? I don't remember the exact date, to be honest, but it's probably three or four months before four I met months. Kevin. And I had started praying in, in that moment because I was 23 and I dated a lot of guys and yeah. crashed and burned lots. And so when I you know, accepted Jesus, I started praying then and there for the man, that the next man that I, I dated would be the man that that the Lord had for me. And you had a deep sense that Kevin indeed was that man. Now, for you, Kevin, uh, let's take you all the way to the point of your marriage. What's your relationship with Christ when you got married? Well, when I met Don, I wanted to I wanted to do all those things that I had uh, been raised to do, uh, although for many years I'd been walking away from the church, away from God. But uh, I met this beautiful woman who was uh, professing to be a Christian, and uh, I put on what I call my God facade and I, I, I knew what to say and how to act. And, uh, and in fact, I did believe in Jesus. I just never actually really experienced uh, his, uh, his grace in my heart and my life. And, um, so you didn't know Christ as your Savior, even though you believed the truth about Christ. That's right. Okay. So there is a wedding that's happening. Uh, Don has recently come to Christ. Kevin, you've, um, you're trying to convince her that you actually know the Lord, but you probably don't. You really don't. Mm-hmm. And then at your wedding, there's a deep, dark secret that's going on at the same time. Talk about that. That's right. Well, I, I had walked away from a life of partying and, and just drug culture and not nothing too hard. But um, so for, for several months, 
I had been away from that scene, but a week before I got married with the uh, with all the folks in town and I was working a, a, a night shift and uh, just with everything happening, I, I wanted to stay up all the time and I got introduced to crystal meth uh, one week before we got married and it just seemed to work. I could stay up uh, all hours of the night and day and seemed to function that way. And um, I did. I had no idea that I was instantly addicted, and that I'd walk down that uh, that aisle high, and it would just take me on this wild roller coaster ride uh, of a tailspin into darkness. So, so Don, you didn't know that you were marrying a man who has just recently been an addict or become an addict. No, I knew something was off, but uh-huh. I was just. We all chalked it up to cold feet. Okay, so now then, you're married. And uh, you have a, a new believer and someone who doesn't know the Lord, but who is also addicted to crystal meth. Don, when do you start to realize that your husband is addicted to something? Uh, we were on a camping trip with a bunch of um, friends, some of those girlfriends that you know were a part of me coming back to the Lord, kind of thing. And they they actually cornered him and, and asked him flat out. We we could all see something. This was not cold feet. Like after two or three months, we realized this is, there's something more going on here. And so they cornered him on that camping trip when he was up all night and said, what, what's going on with you? Are you high? And he flat out said, yep, I'm high. And uh-huh. so they told me the next day at work. And that your was your first encounter. an addict. And I, you know, didn't want to believe it, but. Now, when you came to realize this, we had a conversation about your commitment to marriage. Was your thought at that point in time, you know what, I'm just going to dump him. Nope. It never was. Everyone else advised me to. Uh, family wanted me to have it annulled, um, marriage annulled. And I, I'm i a product of divorce. I, I prayed for this man. Um, I don't believe in divorce. And I just, yeah, I knew I knew I was meant to stick it out. So in spite of the fact that, you know, in a, in a sense, your marriage was, you know, there was a fraud in your marriage, oh, yet sure. you still said, this marriage is of God and mm-hmm. I'm going to stay. Yep. Okay. So, Kevin, now you've got, an, you've got an amazing wife, but you've got an amazing problem at the same time. Totally. So what begins to happen at that point in time? Well, we, we had come to an agreement that I, I needed to go to rehab. Uh, although I was reluctant, I would, I would still enter myself into uh, a 30-day treatment program, which I would last uh, a week because, uh, young guy, I thought I had it all together. And I, I, I learned so much in that week, of course, at 20, uh, 20 years old. I knew so everything. you kind of had it licked after a week. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I thought I had it made. And uh, we all know how the story is going to go. It, it, it lasted a few weeks of being um, sober, and, uh, and I was right back on to the meth again, and uh, the story continues. So in the, in the process of all of this stuff that's going on, what's happening to your relationship? It's crumbling, mm-hmm. and it's crumbling rapidly. Uh, of course, we would be, become distant. There was times where uh, she would realize how, how bad it was and actually um, move move away, whether it be for a weekend or a week or two. And uh, we would start this cycle um, of distancing, distancing ourselves from each other but still loving each other. And how were you able to perform your work? What happened to your job? Well, I lost my business uh, shortly after becoming a drug addict uh, within – I would say six months or a year, and uh, and then I would start supporting my habit with uh, stealing, whether it was cars or breaking into different places or or whatnot, and uh, 
and it would just it became part of my addiction as well. It was like the 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 meth addiction and the stealing addiction went hand in hand. I loved that rush. So you're newly married, and uh, you're discovered to have been a, a meth addict. You now have lost your job and can't you know sustain your family. Now you're involved in a life of crime, and I can only see what this is doing to your relationship. And while this is all going on. Did you have any inkling, Don, that in fact your husband was involved in crime? Oh yeah, we all knew. Okay, you we all, all and knew. I was pregnant at that time, and it just it was life was a mess. So it couldn't have been a worse start to a marriage. I can't even imagine a story that's as bad as yours. Or I'm sure there are, but I don't know of many. <laughs> uh, you don't know of many, and I don't know <laughs> nope. of many either. So okay. at this point in time, uh, you're ready to leave everything, and you decide to move. What happened? We had tried everything. He rifled through every program there was and um and i just didn't feel safe our daughter was um, what about one at that point and so um i'm from nova scotia and my family had our safety you know in mind as well and so they they found a place for us to to live and i i my hope was that if tay and i went um back east that he would follow and we'd start a whole new life there you know, you try everything else. And so, okay, now we'll try geography. We'll get a clean slate. We'll start with all new people and get away from um, the influences and, right, history and memories. There was so much water under the bridge at that point. We wanted a fresh start anyway. So, so Kevin, you're still back here. And, and by here, I mean you're in the greater Vancouver area. Yeah. You're in British Columbia. Uh, your wife has now moved to Nova Scotia. That's about as far apart as you can get in this country. It's coast to coast. Coast to mm-hmm. coast. And are you communicating during that time? Yeah, we're 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 communicating back and forth, but it's certainly a dark time for our marriage. And uh, but at this time, we we started talking, and we really started exploring the fact that we could move. And uh, we came up to the conclusion that there was really no no other option. And we we literally within days or weeks packed uh, everything into a moving truck and uh, sent it off. And I followed in a car and uh, arrived a week later uh, on the east coast. Did you think that moving to Nova Scotia would solve your problems? Absolutely. You'd start again with a fresh slate, and then what happened? Was it a fresh slate after all? I I cleaned up after about a week and had a bit of a fresh start, but um, there was this pang, this this desire for me to uh, go back to this crystal meth addiction. It was still there. It was still. It wouldn't leave me. It didn't matter where I moved. It was. Uh, it was still there. And uh, within a within a couple of weeks, I had found local high school kids to give me whatever they had. It happened to be Ritalin, which uh, was a stimulant, and it got me a buzz that I needed. And Dawn found out right away. She could tell I was uh, fidgety and and high again. And uh, it was that very night, I believe, that uh, uh, I decided that I needed to go back to B.C. And, uh, you know, after a few short weeks on the East Coast, I I was going to move back to... I, I've said this before. I, to chase after my my first love, uh, it was it was really it was actually my first love at that time. It was it was such a sickness that uh, I would do anything for the addiction, uh, even walk away from my wife and beautiful daughter. Your gifts mean so much. It allows the Bible teaching ministries of Back to the Bible Canada to be heard every day across the country. Bible teaching relevant to the needs of God's people and faithful to His Word. In fact, that's what you're telling us 
Joan wrote, We love the way John digs into the scripture, explaining the Bible, what it meant for the day, making it relevant for today, and how it applies to our daily walk with God. Encouraging words that speak into the ministry's mission. So whether you listen on radio, podcast, audio mail, online, mobile app, or CD, your support makes it possible. Perhaps today you'd consider responding to the importance of Bible teaching by offering a practical gift to support this month. Perhaps a single gift or become a partner to tell monthly partner. It's easy and secure. Just call us at 1-800-663-2425 or visit us online at backtothebible.ca. Dr. John Newfeld here. We're talking to Kevin and Don Bralovich. And uh, Kevin, we're at the point of the story where something major happens. I think it's about jail, isn't it? That's right. Uh, I would move back from Nova Scotia back to uh, British Columbia. And uh, my second day back uh, here, I would get my first criminal charge. I'd never, I'd never been formally charged. I'd never been caught for anything. Um, but uh, I would start this four-month spree of ridiculous crimes. Uh, and I kept getting caught. And I kept getting a little slip of paper saying to promise to appear in court, you know, in a month or two. and uh, But you never did until a fateful moment. That's right. It was after about a four-month span. I, uh, I remember, I'll never forget it, I was pulling out of an apartment complex uh, close by here, actually, and uh, I pulled out onto the main drag, and uh, I looked in my rearview mirror, and there was police cherries and sirens went on, and, uh, and I just knew that that was going to be the final day I just knew I wasn't getting out of this one. Yeah, and so you were actually sent to prison at that point in time. That's right. They, uh, I, I had racked up uh, upwards of 40 charges, uh, and they were looking at giving me jail time. Uh, my lawyer was telling me uh, four or five years in prison, and it was looking dark for me. Well, let's continue to pursue this because while you're in prison, however, is something of God's dealings in prison. That's right. I uh, I ended up going to a church service in there, and uh, in that in that small church service, I just went one time, but uh, the the minister gave me a, a Gideon's Bible, little one of those little pocket sized ones, and I brought that back to my cell, and uh, I ended up starting to read that, and uh, I, I I wish I could say that there was one verse or something that popped out at me, but uh, I just knew that there was truth coming out of there, and God's word says that uh, it's it's all truth, so I it didn't matter. God was speaking into my life, and and with that I. I knew God was convicting me and speaking into my heart uh, about change and about restoration. And uh, there was one day that I, uh, I I held back in my cell when all the guys went out to uh, to walk around in the yard and whatnot. And I there was this moment where I got down on my knees and I just had a very real conversation with God. I got down and I said, "God, look at, at my life. This was this was clearly not Your plan for me." And uh, like, I, I know there's more for me. And uh, I, I, I said these words, I said, God, if you get me out of this jam that I'm in, I promise to serve you forever. And I remember like kind of stuttering through those words because forever is a long time. And uh, right on that spot, I know that God completely radically changed me. I believe he took the chains of addiction. He took it right out of me. And uh, I just know I, I walked away from that, uh, from that, that moment, a new man. Yeah, you, you told me in our conversation before that you left the old man kneeling at that bed where you had given your life to Christ, and it was a new man that walked out That's of That's right. I picture a, a kind of a dead bag of bones sitting there still. So, and, and all things were made new. And when that happens to you, did you still struggle with the addiction? 
the addiction was completely gone. In fact, I can honestly say I've never even had an obsession about it since that moment. Yeah, and I think what I want to say at this juncture, if I can break in, Kevin, sometimes God in his mercy does exactly what he does with you. Yeah. And sometimes because God has different dealings in our lives, he will allow us to struggle with the sin until we gain a measure of victory over it. But in either case, it's the work of God. And truly, God was overwhelmingly merciful to you. Uh, You served out your sentence. Did you share at that point in time with Dawn what had happened? Yeah, I remember phoning her up Mm -hmm. shortly after that. And uh, I know my my tone was even different. Uh, I I felt confident. I I remember saying words like, no matter what happens, I know that God's got this. And, uh, And I knew that there was a plan that was unfolding right in front of us. So, Don, I want to turn to you and ask you, because you've received that phone call now. Your husband is saying, I've given my life to Christ. And what's your reaction? Honestly, I remember talking to the Lord going, oh, crap. Like, now I'm stuck with him. Like, I I had, after four years, come to the place where I was pretty disgusted by him. I wasn't in love with him anymore. In fact, I, I kind of hated him. I remember praying, if you're not going to fix him, then just take him. Yeah. Because I, I've done everything in my power to help him. I do not want to bring my two-year-old to visit her dad in prison for the next five years of her life. And when I heard that, I knew he was different. And I thought, okay, now I am in a marriage that I've committed to and I'm in love or I'm with someone that I'm not in love with. Like, what is this going to look like? You got to come in here, Lord, because I did what you asked. I stayed with him. He's a product of prayer, and I'm married to him, but I don't love him. So what now? Now what? Right? So this is such an important issue because sometimes relationships can come to that place where a spouse will look at you know, the, their mate and say, I don't actually love you anymore, and that's precisely where you were. So you knew he was born and knew you, you, you understood this was real. So now that everything has been made new— and yet you are at both sides of the country. Kevin, something happened at this juncture. It's really quite remarkable, isn't it? Well, I went into a courtroom about a week later, and uh, I'd been praying a lot uh, about what that would look like. And I had confidence in, in Jesus uh, that whatever the situation, uh, I would just trust him. And uh, I ended up getting, I had 43 charges, uh, of which they dropped 30, 30 of them or so. And uh, I ended up walking out of the courtroom that day a free man. They gave me two and a half years uh, of probation, one year in rehab uh, of a year-long treatment program, but they sentenced me from British Columbia to do my treatment in Nova Scotia. So I got to reunite with my family. They they had never done that before. Uh, I remember the judge clearly saying, get out of my province. Don't let me see you back here. And uh, I was very thankful. Well, so now here we've got the meticulous sovereignty of God that God somehow has arranged that the two of you should be together again. So you're moving all the way back to Nova Scotia, and do you reconnect immediately when you get there? What happens? Well, they, they picked me up from the airport, um, but it was, it was a—, it was a I, I started seeing them on the weekends, and they'd come visit me. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was the beginning of a long road of uh, regaining trust with my wife uh, and— it was it was a challenge for both of us and, and way more for her. Now, we can't go into all the details of how that eventually happened, but I'm going to look at you, Don, and say, at this juncture, I mean, you have now continued to live with your husband. Have the feelings returned? No. Okay, so <laughs> no. tell me about that. It took years, to be it honest. It took years to— Lots of prayer, because um, you go through the trust, right? And then you have to regain intimacy, 
like we had to fall in love all over again. I think he he was it totally enamored with me because I I'm the one person that stuck it out, right? Like I stayed by his side. So I don't think he ever fell out of love with me. But the onus was on me to learn how to love him again and and really believe that he was the man that God had given me, right? But the feelings as we speak here today have returned. Oh yeah. He, yeah. I love him more than I ever thought possible. He's the best man I know. So at you know, when we think that the feelings are dead, that God can actually raise them up again. Again, you're you're talking about a process that happens over a period of time. And trust in the Lord for him to heal that, right? Now, if I can just kind of fast forward now, because both of you are involved in a ministry together. Uh, talk a little bit about that. You know what? We spent about seven years on the East Coast learning how to function, how to be a family again. And uh, it was about, like I said, seven years ago, actually, that we uh, we moved back to the West Coast, and we got connected in our local church. Uh, the first thing we did was we wanted to find a place to get connected. And um, I'll never forget, I was sitting, t- sharing my story at a men's breakfast, and one of my pastors heard me s- share my, my testimony, and he mentioned uh, about going to Recovery Church, a ministry of, of the church that we go to. And I remember thinking, why would I go to that? And uh, I thought, well, he's a pretty wise guy. Um, so I, I, I was about a week later. I decided I'd go to this place called Recovery Church, and I never will never forget that first day because within a few songs, I was with all these people who had been struggling with the same stuff that I had been struggling with. God called me right on the spot, and after the third song, I was weeping like a baby, and He called me into that ministry. And uh, shortly thereafter, my wife would be called into that with me, and we would uh, grow in leadership and and grow to be uh, actually pastoring that place to this day now. So Now, I need to talk to both of you about one final issue, and I think it's a key issue in what we've discussed. The the issue has to do with this. I mean, here you are, and, and you're on a broadcast together. You're talking about, I mean, this this very painful and shameful time in your lives— and you're able to talk about it with each other and with others as well. Somewhere you came to the point where you actually thought it was possible to talk about what you've gone through and to offer hope to others. Mm-hmm. The enemy would love to to have you live under heaps of shame for all the sin in your life and the unforgiveness and the nasty stuff that you've gone through. But the truth is your story is not your own. And the Lord wants you to be, he wants to use you. He, and we knew that the second we each of us in in um, our own ways, he told us, you know, this is why you went through what you went through. I'm going to use you. And he continues to. It's been, we're married 18 years this May, and we keep praying, use us, Lord. And he still does every day. Kevin and Don, thank you so very much for sharing your story with us today. God bless you. And I know that your story has also had a huge impact on those who are struggling in their own marriage. This March, beginning Monday the 6th, and every Monday after that, Back to the Bible Canada will be airing our new video production with Dr. John Newfeld entitled Truth and Life Today. Join us every Monday or watch any or every episode online at truthandlifetoday.com or search Truth and Life Today for our YouTube channel. Truth and Life Today is our opportunity to have Dr. Newfeld answer the many compelling Bible and critical Christian life questions we receive from listeners quite literally around the globe. 
In fact, you can make your question available by visiting truthandlifetoday.com. We're so excited about this opportunity to interact with you, the listener. So join Dr. Newfeld to dig deeply into God's Word every Monday, beginning Monday, March 6th. For more information about all the ministries of Back to the Bible Canada, you can call us at 1-800-663-2425 or visit backtothebible.ca.